Welcome to another episode of the Ambry Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Lauren Felter from Felter Unfiltered. Um, she is all about website design, branding, and she is going to walk us through those best practices and strategies. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into what you do? As many people listening, my journey has been a bit windy. I started off doing marketing for a university admissions office and was also teaching design to college students at that university at the same time. And I did that for about six years and then decided I wanted to change. I wanted to see you know, what else was out there. Did a very quick stint in corporate consulting and then decided, okay, yeah, I'm ready to work for myself and try out this entrepreneurship thing. And so my first stab at it was I wanted to be a motivational speaker. And so in January of 2020, I quit my job and I sold my house and I said, I'm just going to live in Airbnbs for a year and travel around and do these different speaking gigs. And of course that didn't happen. COVID happened. And, you know, really it was about a year and a half later that I realized this thing that I'm teaching to college students, this could benefit other people, business owners, freelancers, nine to fivers, because many people have design as a part of their to-do list and they need to be able to do it well so that it actually gets results for them, for their clients, for their organization. I launched my design course for non-designers, Create with Confidence, over a year ago now at this point, and then have since rolled out, done for you, branding, web design. I now have a branding mini course, audits, you know, all of the things have unfolded from there. Um, but that is a little bit about my journey. Why do you think that a lot of us feel like design is so overwhelming. People get very in in their thing and in their expertise, and they have a hard time explaining it to novices, beginners, people who do not want to be at their level. It's, you know, similar to science and, you know, other complex things. And so I think a lot of designers get really, really frustrated working with non-designers because they want to be able to use their lingo and their jargon and they want other people to just be at their level and they have a hard time really translating and getting to the bottom of what is it that this person truly wants. And so I really pride myself on, you know, I actually don't think that I am the best designer, but I know that I am the best at working with non-designers and aligning design with whatever their business goals are. Branding, when people talk about their branding, it can mean such an array of things. But when we're talking about branding and designing going hand in hand, how do those things work cohesively together? Whenever someone looks at your website, your Instagram, a piece of paper that you hand them, they are making assumptions about who you are and what you stand for before they ever read a single word. When they look at colors, when they look at shapes, when they look at fonts, they are getting these little clues of high-end or affordable, rugged or soft, professional or not professional, you know, whatever those things are. I actually do an exercise. I used to do this with my college students. And then whenever I teach live workshops where I put three sets of colors on the screen 
and I say, how would you describe this brand based just on the colors that you see? And I don't reveal until the end that the colors are Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. For Facebook, they say, you know, boring, ordinary, plain. For Instagram, they say fun, youthful, creative. And then for TikTok, they say bold and exciting. And then I, you know, reveal the logos and it's this huge aha moment. And the same goes for fonts, colors, shapes. They're all communicating something before someone reads a single word. So that's why it's incredibly critical to be very clear on what your brand is trying to communicate. That's what I teach in my course. And that's what I do with all my done for you clients is I say, you need to pick five words that you would want your ideal person to use to describe your brand. What are those five words? And from there, we're going to, you know, choose all of those design elements. Because if you say, you know, modern and sleek, that looks very different from traditional and buttoned up. That in itself, everything you just said is I... I believe is where the overwhelm is. When you think about, oh my gosh, the font size, the colors, the shapes. I didn't even think shapes when when I was <laughs> preparing to ask you questions. And and usually I leave call to actions to the end, but please just tell people right now where they can go to sign up for your course. Yeah. So actually my free resource that I love to plug, it's a quiz. It's what fonts and colors should you use for your brand? You just go to filterunfiltered.com slash quiz. That is a an incredibly invaluable resource because you literally, you know, pick those words that I was just saying. And then I tell you, okay, these are the fonts and colors you can use. And here's what to do from there. Um, but my course is called Create with Confidence, and you can find it on my website, filterunfiltered.com. I feel like a lot of folks listening to this is going to immediately go to, I, I, I've got to start completely the hell over. Like I have to wipe everything and I have to start over. First off, would you recommend that? And second, if that's the case and they have to rebrand, how do they leverage that? How do they step into that? I actually don't like to call it a rebrand. I have a service that's called a brand refresh because I don't think that there's ever a time that you should draw a line in the sand and on a certain date change every single visual representation of your brand. So whenever I work with clients, typically they're coming to me two to three years in and they're at a place where, okay, like somebody designed my logo, but then I grabbed a bunch of Canva templates and I purchased this website template and, you know, it all kind of looks hodgepodge. So what I work with them on is how do we refresh your brand, align it with where you are now in your business, who you're trying to attract and get all of your assets on the same page and through that process, there's never been a time that we've changed every single thing about the brand. It's typically, we're going to tweak the logo a little bit. We're going to phase out this color. We're going to introduce these three new colors and we're going to change one of the fonts or, you know, some variation of that. But all brands are continuing to evolve. I mean, my own brand, I started three years ago and at a certain point I had a medium kind of bright royal blue that I phased out for a navy blue because I was trying to look slightly more professional, slightly more high-end and cater to, you know, who the clients that I was serving at that time were. So it's totally okay to every couple of years, okay, we're going to change this color. We're going to change this font. We're going to 
slightly tweak the logo or, you know, we have this version that we're not really using anymore. So we're going to phase that out. Like that's totally okay. And that's fine. You just need to have like some cohesion on an ongoing basis. Um, I was reading on your bio that you love um, to talk about things, branding and website and design and the difference between till and and turquoise. And I'm curious, what is I mean, I, I know there's a shade difference between the two, but what's the actual difference in your world? Teal is a dark blue green color. Okay. Like kind of like an emerald, but a little bit more blue in it. Teal is a dark color. Okay. Turquoise is kind of like aqua. It's like a light blue color. And I often find people say teal when they mean turquoise. But what does teal say to an audience versus turquoise? Because there's teal, a there's a reason why you yeah. feel strongly about that differentiation. Yes. I would say teal is more bold, um a little more like daring. Um I think turquoise a little bit more playful, a little bit more fun and youthful. What are some of the top design mistakes that business owners are making? that they can avoid. They can start avoiding today. They can make shifts today. So number one is just picking design elements on a whim. And when I say design elements, I mean fonts, colors, and shapes. So often I work with people and, you know, I'll ask them, Hey, you know, tell me about your colors or your fonts or whatever. Why did, why were they chosen? How were they chosen? And I get a lot of, Oh, well, pink's my favorite color. Or I just Googled social media manager palette. And this is what I found, or it was on Canva and it was popular. And well, the easiest way to blend in is just to do what everyone else is doing to take your recommendations from Pinterest. So you really want to make sure that you are choosing those design elements with intention, not just because, you know, everyone else in your niche is using those same colors, using those same fonts, et cetera. So that's really thing number one. And then I think thing number two is piecing together templates. Canva is an incredibly powerful tool. What I see a lot of people doing is every time they need to create something, they just go to Canva, they pick a new template, they change the fonts and the colors, and then they roll with it. But the problem is that there are other things in those templates, like the shapes, the layouts, the alignment that are also communicating things. And so if you're not being intentional about well, one day you're using, you know, a, a square shape in there. One day there's a brush stroke. And then one day there's an organic looking asymmetrical shape. Well, those three things are communicating three very different things. And so that's a very easy way to look off brand. Taking that a step further, you've got your website, you've got, you know, presentations and physical, you know, pieces that you're handing out if you're working with people in person and all of those things need to be consistent across the board. Those are two of the main things that I see people um, doing. Let's say I'm consistent and I feel like, hey, these are conveying what I want them to convey because this is the feelings they bring me. But how do we make sure that what we thinking they're conveying what they make us feel is what it's making the audience feel. So that's a really good question. And I think, you know, that's where obviously my course could help my branding mini course. It's called DIY to deluxe. I think that's 
where a professional or some additional expertise is needed because I actually have a reel that's about to come out. So probably when this episode out is out, it will be out and it's okay. So I want to use my favorite color and my branding. What do I do? Well, you have to be intentional about the shade. So let's say that your favorite color is pink. If you're a bold brand, use hot pink. If you're a more professional brand, use a rosy or mauve colored pink. And if you're a high-end brand, use like a beigey, you know, muted color pink. Not only is it the shade of the color, but it's the other colors that it's being paired with. It's the pairings of the fonts. You know, it's like it all comes together to paint a picture. If you're not generating the type of response that you are anticipating, at what point are you are you pivoting? If you're looking at your branding and you make a big shift, needs to stay that way for about a year. Anbree is thrilled to present a new community crafted exclusively for you. Elevate your business game with a powerhouse combination of knowledge, networking, and personalized support. Connect with a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs and small business owners who share your passion. Exchange ideas, collaborate on exciting ventures, and propel each other's growth to new heights. Our interactive workshops led by industry experts cover the full spectrum of marketing, finance, branding, and beyond. Experience the magic of a weekly live kickoff call with Anbree to guide you through streamlining processes, overcoming obstacles, and securing those well-deserved wins. Together, we'll conquer challenges, offer advice, and celebrate victories, making the journey all the more rewarding. Ready to soar? Join the Anbree Village today and unlock a treasure trove of benefits designed to skyrocket your business success. Register now at Anbree.com and be part of this extraordinary journey. Your business deserves nothing less than greatness. Let's make it happen together. And how do people keep branding uh, consistent across their business? And what I see as I'm going through my network is there it's it's very different. It's very like mm-hmm. when you go on their website, um, it's very that brand is consistent to what they're selling. But then you go on their lives and you look at their posts. It's different. So it doesn't have the yeah. same feel. Yeah. And what that does is it really casts doubt in the mind of a buyer. Someone's going to spend a couple thousand dollars on whatever your, you know, high ticket service is. And they go from your Instagram to your website and then your proposal or, you know, your checkout page and things don't quite look the same. That's when it starts being like, huh, you know, it just, it puts some questions into people's minds. So the way that you stay consistent is you start with those five words and you say, okay, what are my five words? What am I trying to communicate? From there, we're going to pick two to three fonts, six to eight colors, and three to four design elements. So like those, you know, shapes, alignment, layouts, things like that. And we're going to say, this is our, and it must look like this everywhere that is applied. So how can you design quickly and easily? When you're wearing so many hats in in your in your own business, so that brand guide, like I said, you know all all of the things that's really really critical in eliminating all those little decisions that you have to make every single time. But I'll give you my hack for Instagram that I like to use: choose three different templates and then create three different versions of those templates with your colors. So, you know, alternate the colors like 
dark on light, light on dark. That's why when I said six day colors, that's why it's important to have so many colors. So now we've got nine different templates that we're working with. And if you, you know, mix those in with just photos and, you know, other elements, that's how you get a feed that's very consistent and cohesive looking, but it's still versatile enough. I think that a lot of people might feel like, even though I have a variety of different colors, but I'm using the same ones over and over again, will that start to feel old to the audience? Will it still stop the scrolling? I have people that tell me that they know that it's my content or my reels before they read anything because they see the colors. You want to lead with a headline on your graphic that your reader or viewer cares about. And you want that headline to be designed in a way where it is the biggest, boldest, most prominent thing on the graphic, okay? And so what I mean by what the reader or viewer cares about, what they don't care about is new course, new episode, sale, And that's often what I see as I'm scrolling on Instagram is new course. Okay, well, I don't care. But if it said, get your life back, whoa, all of a sudden, I might care about that. So it's leading with a prominently designed headline that is words that your person cares about. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, every week (laughs) I make a post, okay? That says new episode. Sorry. I know. I know every time I'm on a podcast and I say that, I see the host and they're like, I do that. Because who cares that Amber's dropping a new episode? Who, who, great. Good for you. Yay for you. What does that mean for me? And if we can just take it a little step further about what people care about to stop the scroll is I'm seeing a lot of filler content of personal things, which a lot of people will say, you have to get personal with your people, let them get to know you. Um, but can you ever get too personal where it's completely off where it's working against you? Like, let's say that you are just bold and sassy and lively and spunky. And let's say that's you and that's your vibe and that's your brand's vibe, but your ideal customer is really corporate and potentially their boss is the one making the decision if they can pay you to do what you do, then we probably need to adjust that branding to appeal to your primary and secondary decision maker audience. But if you're appealing to other people that are just like you or people that are like your services, let me help you get out of your shell or, you know, whatever people do coaching for many different things you know, then yeah, that's perfectly appropriate. So I think it's yes, being true to you and what you want to communicate, but also ensuring that it appeals to your ideal person. And I'll give a really quick example. So I worked with a personal injury attorney who is a man, but the majority of his clients are women and his, you know, unique angle as a personal injury attorney is that he is compassionate and caring and that he wants to work with his clients to, okay, this wrong was done to them. How can we work together to get this resolved as quickly as possible, get you the money that you need, and then let you move on with your life? Whereas many other personal injury attorneys, their vibe is aggressive and intimidating, and I'm going to get you millions of dollars. Because he's a personal injury attorney, he went to Fiverr 
And he said, hello, I need someone to do my branding. And they did. And it was aggressive and intimidating. And so I worked with him to soften his branding, soften the shapes so that it appeals to women and that it uh, showcases that he is kind and caring and compassionate. And that's how he differentiates himself in the space. I love your example of the personal injury um, attorney because I am from Texas, born and raised in Texas. And um, anyone who's in Texas knows who Jim Adler is, the Texas hammer. Um, and I like the the example that you have of someone that's in that same industry that's taking a different approach. And it's not wrong. It's not incorrect. It just has to be done in, in a different a different way and be okay. You have to be okay to, to do that and find the person that's going to help achieve that for you. This part of the interview has got me really excited because I, I feel like you've nicely summed up. You have to decide who you are, what your business is standing for. More importantly, when you're out there and you're putting your content out and tell me if, if I've got any of this wrong. Yes, you have to make it a little bit about you and tell people who you are, but you really have to meet your audience and your soon-to-be clients where they are at currently, and it has to be about them. Uh, that is a shift that my team and I are making right now with my content is trying to be incredibly intentional about everything that we do and aligning it with what our people care about. And so I'll give you two examples. The first is, you know, very often people put out a post on Instagram that's how to work with me this month. When you think about it, it's like, well, if I'm scrolling and I'm your ideal person, obviously I know that this is just a sales pitch. So why would I scroll through this? Like, why do I care? Like, if I wanted to work with you, I'd sign up, I'd work with you. So when I do a post like that, we are now doing it as what are you struggling with this month? And every struggle has a solution. And that solution is something that I offer. So it's positioning it. It's the exact same thing of these are the things available this month with me, but it's positioning it as what are you struggling with? Is it attracting the right person? Well, let's work on your branding. Here's a DIY option. Here's a done for you option. Is it converting your traffic into customers? DIY option, done for you option, you know? And so we're doing that on my website as well. So currently on my website, I'm not sure when this is going out, so it may or may not be updated, but currently on my website, when we're recording this, I have everything listed on my website as like, this is my, you know, design course. And this is like done for you branding. And this is done for you web design, but that's listing things in the order that like I categorize my business as opposed to tell me what you're looking to do. Are you looking to convert more traffic? Are you looking to up-level and scale? Are you looking to appeal to your ideal person? Well, here are the ways that we can do that. So it's like, I'm really trying to challenge my team is how can we continue to think of positioning every piece of content, every offer, every everything as why does the ideal person care about this? I mean, just just your knowledge and expertise on it. And, and you're, you're a living embodiment, like you're everything that you're saying, you can, it's not just a cliche. Oh, you can tell you believe in it. You truly are putting things into a framework, into an understanding where the person listening, 
least me, um, I, I just want to know more. And it seems doable and it doesn't seem overwhelming. It seems exciting and yeah. very interesting. Um, for other people that are listening that are thinking about, you know, I just, when I look at my branding, when I'm designing things to send out, I'm not feeling great about it. I'm not feeling excited about it. I'm not even getting the emotions that I want other people to get. Um, how long does it take to go through your course <laughs> so they can get to where they need to be? <laughs> yeah. So my branding mini course is actually under an hour and the cost of it is less than a dinner out. So if you are like, okay, I know that my branding needs some work, take my quiz, filterunfiltered.com slash quiz. It'll tell you what fonts and colors you should use. And then the branding mini course will take you through, okay, how do we actually build out that brand suite? Like I was talking about the two to three fonts, six to eight colors, three to four design elements. So that is going to give you a really, really good foundation. And then my course create with confidence is much more about creating all the stuff and, you know, the PDFs and the presentations and the social graphics. And that's more of your, okay, how do I take a, take a template, customize it, create something from scratch. And that's closer to four hours worth of content. And for those that are super excited and want to just work directly with you, they know, mm -hmm. they know enough about themselves where they're like, I've, I've just got to hire Lauren, I need to work with her one-on-one. -on -one. How can they find you? Yeah, my website, filterunfiltered.com. I typically have one to two spaces available each month for a brand refresh. And I only have three spots available left this year for a custom website. Well, I thank you so much for taking the time out um, to sit and answer all of the questions. I know we covered quite the gambit. Is there anything that you want to leave the audience with before we sign off? So my only bit of advice that I typically give when I'm asked, you know, what's a bit of advice? Um, and this is something that was a really big struggle for me. And so I just like to tell people is that it's okay to change your mind and pivoting isn't failure. Oftentimes we make a lot of decisions in life at early ages, at young ages that we then years down the road feel like, well, I worked myself into a corner and I have to pursue this path. Like I got this degree or I started out in this career or I made, you know, whatever decision or whatever thing happened to me, but you're allowed to change your mind. If something's not working, you're allowed to find something else that's working better for you. You can pivot, you can change, and you can pivot again. And so I had a lot of issues myself with telling people I was going to be a motivational speaker and then like, quote unquote, failing at it in the first couple of months because COVID happened and that was really difficult for me. But it doesn't matter how many people you told, doesn't matter what you spent on your education or, you know, whatever you're allowed to find the thing that makes you happy and that works better for you. And I just feel like you still are a motivational speaker. <laughs> I, I just feel like you are every time you speak. <laughs> you're you're motivated. You. That wraps another episode of the Anbry podcast. If you want to work with Lauren Felter, you can go to filterunfiltered.com. That's F-E-L-T-E-R unfiltered.com. See you next time.